In the name of Allah, the gracious, the merciful, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon you all. Welcome to the Drive Time Show again here at Voice of Islam UK where we bring you again, once again, two important topics. You're joined by myself, Rahil Ahmed and Fahim Nasir. Um, today, in the first hour, uh, in the first, uh, let's say, 20 or so minutes because of the program starting late due to uh, certain technical problems. Um, we are going to be discussing uh, research, uh, leading knowledge, where we will be talking about, um, you know, research being a vital uh, for uh, acquiring knowledge as it, you know, sort of in- enables all of us to explore new ideas, uh, expand existing understanding and uncover new insights. Um, it, it actually drives progress, uh, fosters critical thinking, and and validates uh, knowledge claims. So join us today as we discuss why actually researching uh, new areas uh, is so vital uh, to 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 explore um, and and uh, actually excel uh, in in whatever field uh, that that may be. Uh, and and it's also vital to, so uh, to to you know to understanding the the uh, you know the world that is that we live in uh, you know the the world around us now gaining knowledge uh, holds great importance as 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 we know in islam as it is considered uh, a, a actually a a religious obligation and 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 deepens understanding of the faith the holy prophet peace be upon him once said the word of wisdom is a lost property of a muslim so that wherever he finds it he should take it as he is most entitled to it. With this, uh, we are going to our, uh, uh, this is short introduction to the program. We are going to um, our first guest uh, of, of the show today. Um, we'll be discuss, uh, talking to Dr. Rupo Mistry, who is a research information manager at Cancer Research UK. With a short introduction, Assalamu alaikum, may peace and blessings of God be upon you, and welcome to the Drive Time Show. Hello, thank you for having me today. Thank you, Dr. Rupal. Thank you so much for joining us and apologies for the d- delay uh, in getting to you. Um, let's get straight into this. So we're discussing research, leading knowledge. That's the top topic of the program today. What we want to ask you is, can you please tell, first of all, our listeners about your role at the you know, uh, Cancer Research UK? Yes, of course. Um, so, yeah, like you said, I'm a research information manager at Cancer Research UK, um, and it's a really uh, cool, exciting job. My my job is to lead a team of science communicators who help the public understand the incredible research that we do mm-hmm. and how their support is making it possible. Interesting. Very, very, very good. Right. So, um, what has made your, your work for them, and, like, you know, how has the research in recent times helped find many cures for this disease? Um, so I've always wanted to do something to help people and make a difference to the work I do. Um, this is why I trained as a scientist. And um, before I joined the charity, I worked as a scientist developing cancer therapies. Mm-hmm. And I think when we look back, it's incredible to see how much progress we've made so far. Over the past 50 years, our research has helped double cancer survivor in the UK, and it's mm-hmm. incredible. Wow. Um, we've done some amazing things, for example, the implementation of the HPV vaccine, um, mm-hmm. which means that cervical cancer has dramatically reduced for 
young women and has the potential to reduce cases to the point that almost no one develops it. Yep. And this is an incredible achievement. And we're even detecting cancer earlier now when treatment is more likely to be successful. So this allows more people to survive their disease. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Um, also, uh, you know, it's only through the tireless research of many medical health professionals that that, that actually helps that has helped you know us finding answers cures to many life-threatening illnesses as 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 you were you know you know alluding to earlier how important uh, in your opinion are these days you know which 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 actually highlight and celebrate the work of many researchers around the world oh it's so incredibly important it's it's thanks to researchers um, and medical professions that we've come this far mm-hmm. um, so for disease like cancer which is so complex there's around 200 types you know, there there's won't be a single cure. So every step we make, every progress from understanding the causes of cancer to developing new treatments is so important. So days like this are so important mm-hmm. and to take the time to celebrate um, the small wins as well as the big one, wins and keep, people, and keep encouraging people to carry on. Interesting. And also, uh, lastly, we wanted to ask you that how can we, you know, as individuals, encourage young people uh, to go into research, uh, what would help them to choose research as their future career path? Um, yeah, so I, I think it's very, it's important to remember, it's very rewarding to be part of something like this and making a difference for so many people. Um, so it, we're not only helping people with cancer, but also their loved ones who are affected. So I think it's important to remember the end goal uh, and what the end objective is, and mm-hmm. that is often the motivation for many people to go into research. Yep. Um, and so it could be scientific research or, you know, different types of areas of research. So we need, you know, experts in engineering and different technologies as well as, you know, science experts. So, you know, as I, as I said, that cancer is complex. We need to bring all these different skill sets together. So, um, whatever you enjoy um, I think it's also important to remember you know why we're doing this why do researchers do what they do and that mm-hmm. it's very rewarding um, to be part of that um, and that should you know help encourage people to to go into that kind of field absolutely thank you so much it was a pleasure speaking to Dr. Ripple uh, uh, you know you considering the time that we had a hand and 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 again apologies for the de- delay in reaching no, take care bye-bye Thank you. Bye. Bye. 0208687878 is the number to call and tell us about research and uh, uh, research leading knowledge. How has research helped you as an individual in your life, uh, you know, in, in, in whatever field, you know, it may be that, that, that you'll be, you know, that you're studying in or trying to improve yourself. So, so the question is, um, Fahim, why, why is researching so important? I mean, we are kind of you know, talked about it from my perspective, yeah. but from your perspective, when, when you think of research, what what what, com- what comes to your mind? Why, why do you think it's important to keep on moving forward? And uh, yeah, you know? so for me, um, I really like what the guest said, and like you know how impact how the uh, impact of research is, is saving lives, right? Yeah, and um, for me, research, I would say that um, when I think of it, like the thing that comes into my mind, I'm, I'm quite visual like that. Like I start to think, like I think of. Um, someone sitting at a desk like deep in thought like trying to find out something in very minute detail but very something very like a niche that like is just concentrated on and there's a bunch of people that are really trying to get there Mm -hmm. so like that's that's the thought that i have in my head Wonderful. Yeah, so with that, we're going to our next uh, esteemed guest. We're talking to Dr. Suhail Hussain, who is the president of the Association of Ahmadi Muslim Scientists uh, in the USA. With a short introduction, Assalamu alaikum and welcome to the Drive Time Show. Wa 
Walaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Peace be upon you. It's great to be on this show. Thank you so much, Dr. Suhail. It's, it's, it's wonderful to be speaking to you. Um, the question that we wanted to ask you, the questions I should say, it's not, it's not a single question. Um, can you start by maybe telling us more about the recent 10th Annual USA Quran and Science Symposium? Uh, you know, I, 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 yes, I did say Quran and science, but you know, some, 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 yeah. some of our listeners might be thinking, what, what's going on here? Yeah. But what are its aims and objectives? Well, uh, we just concluded a unique historic mm-hmm. event. Uh, first time for the Amazon Muslim community of the USA to host a meeting uh, jointly of three associations the Amazia uh, Muslim Medical Association. Mm-hmm. And then the two associations of the Amity Muslim scientists of the USA, the men's and the women's. Yep. Um, and in this meeting, which is called MSLM23, mm-hmm. uh, it's, a, it's a new acronym, so you have to bear with me. <laughs> but it refers, it refers to medicine, science, learning, innovation, and mentorship. Um, at this meeting, MSLM 23, uh, we um, had a three-day meeting of over 260 registrants, about 300 participants. Um, we met in Orlando, Florida, which is in the southeast of the United States and commonly known for Disney World, <laughs> um, Universal Studios, and a few other entertaining areas. We were entertained by uh, an excellent theme, which was service to humanity through science and medicine. Mm-hmm. And this theme intersected with uh, our mission and vision of the three associations, which mm-hmm. is a focus on service and excellence. And as you brought up in your question, yeah. um, the, the one of the features of this meeting was the 10th annual uh, Holy Quran and Science uh, Symposium. Right, and um, quickly, the, the the acronym is Muslim without the U, isn't it? I think that was intentional, so that's pretty cool. So um, other than that, um, what, what has been the most beneficial aspect of the conference to you? I think there have been several beneficial aspects. What was really a highlight um, from our feedback as well as personally, uh, is that uh, there was breadth and depth in this meeting. Mm-hmm. There were 60, over 60 speakers um, at this meeting. Uh, there were several keynotes who were international or national, mm-hmm. and among them, uh, again, with the theme of service, uh, was a physician who is a life devotee uh, in Ghana, Dr. Farida Wilson, a female physician, gynecologist who uh, serves the Amadea Muslim Community Hospitals in mm-hmm. Ghana and gives this tremendous talk about how uh, her efforts and the efforts of the Amadea Muslim Community in Ghana and in Africa um, were making an impact on those who could not afford uh, even basic health care. Uh, or education about health. That was quite inspiring. Another keynote was, again, on the theme of service by uh, Dr. Uh, Professor, or Dr. General Nuri Saib of Pakistan, 
and the uh, chief of Fire Heart Institute uh, in Rabwa, Pakistan. And he gave a talk on three stories about service and how they led to major impact for individual patients, families, communities. And what really inspired me was a talk that he gave about a, a young patient. I am a pediatrician, a pediatric gastroenterologist. Mm-hmm. And so what struck me is that he spoke about a um, young uh, infant uh, from Benin who was uh, transferred uh, to Thire Heart Institute in Rabwa mm-hmm. and uh, was in a dire uh, condition, was resuscitated, uh, was brought back, had uh, transplantation of certain organs because of failure, and eventually uh, was enabled to uh, lead a normal life as a result of uh, good health and, and those services uh, rendered to her. And he um, affectionately called her uh, and, and to the group the Princess of Benin, and this is a type of inspiring uh, message. And then, and then the other third keynote was from Mujib Ajaz, the founder and CEO of uh, a major company called One, our next energy, uh, which is a technology company uh, that's based on uh, providing electric uh, vehicle battery technology and then battery technology at large to the masses. And what was really inspiring is that uh, this gentleman who uh, is a, a devoted Amadi Muslim mm-hmm. uh, told us that he was inspired by the Khalifa mm-hmm. to reach out to the masses to provide uh, renewable energy storage uh, to the masses. And he was also inspired by the Holy Quran um, because his battery technology was based on verses of the Holy Quran that spoke to um, everything being created in pairs. And mm-hmm. what clicked for him, his eureka moment from pondering over those verses, was that he could build a battery that had uh, a dual uh, technology and thus uh, make it accessible to the masses. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Right, and... Um you know, Islam encourages us to gain knowledge. How would you encourage young people to go into higher studies and take part in different fields of research? Firstly, uh, I would tell uh, our youth that uh, it is our legacy as Muslims uh, to aspire to excellence. The early Muslim scientists uh, who emerged within decades, perhaps not even a century after the Holy Prophet Muhammad, peace and blessings be upon him, led the way to new fields of learning. They didn't just advance learning, they actually created new fields of learning that we use today that are a bedrock for virtually every uh, type of technology uh, that we benefit from uh, in the 21st century. Uh, They were at the top of the scientific and medicine food chain. Um, Unfortunately, they lost out uh, over centuries. And the reason is that uh, they had lost uh, their zeal to study, to ponder over the Holy Quran. 
And now it is our destiny. We have a legacy, and now it is our destiny as Amdi Muslim scientists and physicians to uh, bring science and medicine back to the pinnacle uh, and to create new fields of learning uh, through, again, turning to the Holy Quran. So what I would tell you is that you're in the best of times. Um, you will succeed uh, if you take the plunge and have an interest in science and medicine. Right, and um, any any last message to people who want to join the conference next year? I encourage everyone who has an interest in science and medicine to consider MSLM 24. Uh, we have learned a lot. Uh, we will strive to make this program even more robust, God willing. And perhaps I could end um, with this inspiring message of the founder of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, Hazrat Mirza Ghulam Ahmed of Qadian, peace be upon him. He writes, uh, in this day and age, it is imperative that you learn modern science and study, the, study it with toil and effort for the purpose of service to the faith and the supremacy of God's work. So m m conferences of this type um, and pursuits of this type um, hopefully fulfill this directive. Wonderful. Thank you so much. It was it was a pleasure speaking to you, Dr. Sohail. And uh, this would not be the last time, of course. Uh, we'll get back to you uh, for any further programs that we're going to have. Thank you so much. It was wonderful speaking to you. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum This was uh, Dr. Sohail Hussain, who is the president of the Association of Ahmadi Muslim Scientists USA. It's wonderful, isn't it? Mm. Um, to see that, you know, within the community there are, you know, events such as, you know, with regards to yeah. scientific research and all of these different things that are happening. Um, and it's wonderful to see that, 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 that they take their premise or they take their, uh, you know, the understanding from the scripture itself, from, 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 from the Holy Quran, mm. because, because the teachings of Islam encourages us to, uh, to ponder over the heavens and the year of the creation and, you know, and, and, and why we're here, you know, and, and actually help mankind uh, you know, better, better itself, isn't it? Yeah, and like we have the the Nobel Peace Prize winner, um, Dr. Abdul Salam, who also took inspiration from the Quran for his discovery, mm -hmm. which led to um, the Nobel Peace Prize. Absolutely, and we recently I heard the Imperial College has named the a, building after him. Yeah, no, I think the library it is. is, it a, is I, think it? I think it's a li li library. But yeah, we're coming to the uh, end of the program. We've uh, only got about two minutes to go. The uh, and uh, of course, it's important. Uh, you know, to 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 understand how how important it is, uh, how important research is in 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 excelling uh, or taking knowledge forward, and 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 it, and it being uh, helpful to you know hum hum humanity as as a whole. His Holiness, Hazrat uh, Mirza the current worldwide head of the Hamdi Muslim community, uh, you know, speaking about I think the 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 uh, the early Muslims who made significant contributions in various fields, including science, mathematics medicine, philosophy, and literature uh, once stated that the truth is that the Holy Quran and the teachings of Holy Prophet, may peace and Allah, uh, blessings of Allah be upon him, inspired the works of generations of Muslims, intellectuals, philosophers, and inventors in the Middle Ages. Indeed, if we look back more than a millennium, we see how Muslim scientists and inventors 
uh, played a, a, a fundamental role in advancing knowledge and developing technologies which transform the world and remain in use today. So, so I mean, I know, uh, you know, Fahim, since we see various audiences that people have with His, with his Holiness, mm. how much emphasis he, he places in, in, um, uh, in actually going into different fields and excelling yeah. in those fields, right? Because... Um, the, and 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 the purpose is that Muslims or you know Ahmadis are no in you know in any way uh, you know they they're behind the world rather they should be excelling and they should be leading yeah. you know in 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 these different uh, industries you know, yeah. in, in industries different different research as well uh, so we are coming to the end of the program uh, do stay with us as we'll be uh, discussing in the next hour another impertinent topic which is truth a powerful force we'll be looking at. Uh, what are the Islamic teachings with regards to truth? What is the philosophy behind it? Why is it why is it prohibited? Why is it looked upon, uh, you know, with disdain? Uh, and also, we'll be dis- uh, speaking to uh, very various guests and asking uh, them about, you know, diff- different questions, not just from the religious perspective, but you know, from the secular pers- pers- uh, perspective as well. So kindly stay with us. We'll be back after a short break. You're joined by myself, Rahil Ahmed, and Fahim Nasir. Here is the news. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuhu. Welcome back to the Drive Time Show here at Voice of Islam. You're joined by myself, Rahil Ahmed, and Fahim Nasir. For the second hour, we are discussing an important topic, as always, uh, truth. Truth is something, uh, you know, we value, yeah. Fahim. This is some, something that, uh, you know, it defines you as an individual. Uh, and, 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 and the opposite of that, which is, uh, lying and not telling the truth is something which taints your character and 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 it turns you into a person who can never ever be trusted yeah so society as we know is 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 filled with people that would rather lie to get themselves out of a situation instead of doing the right thing and telling the truth now well we can't say like so yes society there is a lot of people that are like that but mm-hmm. I, I've got to call out to our audience, right? I want to hear from our audience. I want to hear yeah. when did the truth save you, right? Because they say the truth will set, set you free. Call us and tell us about a time when the truth set you free or just you told the truth um, and it benefited you in some way. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want to hear from you. Interesting. Um, we as humans, uh, you know, like to go for the short-term gain. Yeah. And that's sort of... Sort of I don't know whether it's instilled in us. Uh, why? Why is the case? I don't know the philosophy behind it, but we 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 we, we like the short route, right? The hard yeah, route I think, is always um, less. Instinctively, we yeah. uh, go for uh, comfort. Yeah, yeah. Right? I think that's where it is. It's mm. the, these uh, difficult situations that we try to avoid mm. on a daily basis. Yeah, and also, I mean, and, and that's why we, you know, we f- tend to forget that in the long run, lying or being, you know, uh, untruthful will always hurt our relations and yeah and, and you're going to tell us what the Quran has to say about of course well, right? of course <laughs> our our expert <laughs> exactly i mean um, no there's there's you know you can speak on it mm. i'm gonna ask you what does the Quran say <laughs> about, about you're uh, our expert about lying. Um, <laughs> yeah sure i could i could talk about it um yeah. so the holy quran states O ye who believe be mindful of your duty to allah and keep company with the righteous mm-hmm. in chapter 9 and verse 119 um Another reference is uh, men who are truthful and women who are truthful. Um, so these are, these are all the mentions of, mm-hmm. of truth in the Quran. It's chapter 33, verse 36. 
and had they been true to their duty to Allah, it would have been better for them. Chapter forty-seven, verse twenty-two. So you know, I've I've given the the, the quotes, but uh, I'm sure you're going to expand on. No, that, I mean, of you? course, that it, it's um, <clears throat> one of the most crucial aspects um, emphasized by the Quran is the importance of honesty, mm. right? Um, and the prohibition of lying. Uh, now, through numerous verses and the narrations, uh, the Holy Quran underscores the the detrimental consequences of falsehood while you know highlighting the virtues of truthfulness. Um, this program, of course, will be you know exploring uh, this idea, this understanding that Quran presents, um, you know, which which is which is condemning uh, the act of lying and emphasizing the significance of honesty in one's uh, personal conduct. Now, as as Fahim you men- mentioned, there are numerous verses, uh, you know, in in the Holy Quran, uh, which you know explicitly condemn, uh, you know, lying and 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 actually, um, it it is a sinful act, right? Mm. Um, it, it is considered a betrayal of trust, a disturbance of social harmony, an obstacle to 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 actually establishing justice, which which you often yeah. speak about peace, right? Uh, without justice, there's no peace at all. And 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 without honesty, there can't be no justice. Yep. I think this is something that we we you know have to understand. Definitely, and I, th- I think that you know, I'm sure anybody who has experienced um, you know telling a lie of some sort has realized that you end up just telling a bunch of other lies, right? You tell one lie, you just you start to just cover it up with other lies and other lies and other lies until uh, to a point where you've you've you could even end up convincing yourself that you that mm-hmm. you're uh, telling the truth to yeah. the so i think we're going to go through it right we're going to look at the, some of the reasons why i think, why, it, I but think it's, but it's wonderful what, what, what you've just said because the holy prophet peace be upon him actually stated that and it's it's it's, it's one of his narrations uh, it's actually narrated by abu Huraira where he says the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, said, Truthfulness leads to righteousness, and righteousness leads to paradise. And a man continues to be truthful until he is written with Allah as a truthful person. Falsehood leads to wickedness, and wickedness leads, leads to hellfire. And a man continues to tell lies until he is written with Allah as a liar. And there are numerous, you know, um, ahadith of the Prophet. Um, yeah, which, I was, I was going to say, I, I don't remember the exact, um, maybe you could help me with it, is that... Um, I think someone came to the Holy Prophet peace and blessings of Allah be upon him and said, you know, how can yeah. I improve myself? And um, his answer was to just stop lying, right? Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, he said that I I I do so much wrong in my life, mm. and that that I can't leave every um, you know uh, every habit sin, of, yeah. every, every 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 habit of sin at one go. Uh, mm. So so if you can tell me a one, mm. then I could maybe start there. So the Holy Prophet peace be upon him said, told him, you know, instructed him not to lie, mm. right? So that goes, you know, the, the the story goes on to tell that that individual, whenever he was about to commit a sin, he would think that I'll be asked about this, yeah, and I would I wouldn't have when to lie, and therefore yeah. there are consequences, and I'll be punished for it. Yeah. So that helped him, um, you know, uh, discard this habit yeah. of of lying. But there's another important hadith which also signifies how how grave this this sin actually is um the prophet we see upon him said um shall i inform you about the greatest of major sins hmm. and then it says we said yes O messenger of allah so these are companions abu ba- abu bak bakra is a is is a companion who 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 who's reporting this he said 
Uh, yes, O Messenger of Allah, he's, and the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, replied, associating partners with Allah, polytheism, as, uh, yeah. as, as we know, and disobeying parents, he was reclining. Then he sat up and said, and false speech, mm. and false witness. Allah wa qawla zur, right? Um, be wary of lying. Um, he continued to repeat until we said we wish he would stop, meaning he emphasized just so much um, that because if you really think about it, society cannot, uh, you know, succeed or yeah. go anywhere, you know, uh, with with lying. There has to be truth, you know, um, to 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 improvement because um, lying would always have detrimental consequences. Yeah, and I think. Look, we try to give people um, practical advice as well, right? With the mm. subjects that we discuss. So I'm going to ask you a question here, and you know, you know, I know you love it when when I ask you questions. But, oh, yeah, you do. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, I seriously, like it, you know, there's always temptation to tell lies, right? But how mm. do you yourself like stop yourself from lying? It's an important um, question, and and and, and I think. The idea of hereafter hmm. and knowing, having conviction that you you are going to be questioned and you are going to be judged hmm. and punished or rewarded yeah. for the things that you do in this life. If you have complete conviction on that, yeah. this is not my answer, but it's something that I've, I've, I've read from the Prophet Peace mm-hmm. be upon him. There's a, a small book, booklet, a small book where how to get rid of sin, right? Mm-hmm. And he explains that if you if you know there is there is a hole and there's a snake in there, would you ever put your hand in there? No. And or if you know there is a, there's a dark room where they've uh, you know kept a lion in there, mm. right? Would, would would you go in the lion's den? Mm. You wouldn't, knowing that you what would happen to you. Yeah. So he said that if people have the same conviction on on the uh, on this belief on the um, on the existence of God. Yeah. And on and and in the hereafter, then they wouldn't commit sin, and that is the case. Where he says that a lot of those who claim that they believe in God don't actually believe, claim in God. Yeah. The only difference between them and he said an atheist who doesn't believe in God is just a claim. <laughs> yeah. An atheist openly says that I don't believe in God, whereas, um, you know, uh, someone who uh, claims to believe in God but doesn't obey. Mm. You know. He believes in it, but he doesn't believe what he says. Definitely. Act upon it. So, yeah. so, so just to summarize, yeah. it's that, it's that belief um, that you'll be questioned, which which actually stops you. And also the second aspect. That's the religious aspect. Mm. The second aspect of it is, is because if you've been lied to, and and you and you've been betrayed in a way, mm. you you find out how much it hurts. Yeah. Right, and what what co- sort of an impact that can have on that individual yeah. for the rest of their lives so 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 i think that's the that's the, these are the two things you know two aspects in in my mind at this moment in time nice well, it's really helpful yeah for me i think that um when it comes to lying it's, it's similar to what you said but for me i think that like so like let's say the scenario right like i'm running late for work and you know i could easily be like oh you know there's traffic or this is i miss my bus or whatever these are like things that we think are small white lies but what we don't realize is that these things impact us and they impact us incredibly because then you just get used to it and then you start to think oh yeah it's fine and then it turns into bigger lies but for me how i've um thought about like not lying and how to make sure that i always tell the truth is um it's 
I do believe it's, it's linked to what you said, you know, belief in, in God and that ultimately for me, like, I can maybe deceive you for a bit, right? Like I can say, hey, you know, Raheel, I'm like this or I'm like that. And I can, you know, pull the wool over your eyes for a bit maybe. But God, you can never lie to and, you know, hide from and conceal because God is all-knowing. And I think because of that fact, if you want, if you know that and that you know that the most important being on in this universe, you can't, hide from them or lie to them then what's the point of lying right because mm. it's like you know it's like being worried about like it's like lying to your colleague but knowing that your manager knows everything it's like what's the point mm-hmm. when your manager is the one that is actually responsible for you or the one that actually takes care of you so i think that that's that's one of the things that really makes me think that you know Ultimately, and then the other thing is, is that uh, I always find that whenever you lie, it builds a foundation. Uh, I mean, it ruins any foundation of any sort of relationship. If you can lie to a person, then you don't really have a true relationship with them. Um, I think that actual one of the biggest key things with with any sort of relationship is is trust. Um, and so making sure that you always tell the truth will will always make sure that uh, a relationship is true yeah yeah one, one I mean one wonderful um, now I mean this this is such a topic that you know, you can you can probably cover it in five minutes or you can just you know speak about it for the for days for, yeah. for, 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 for days but I mean the importance of of it we all know but I think it's it's um, one thing is right. I think short-term gain, as 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 you were discussing earlier, I think is something that um, you know um, sort of makes us or encourages encourages us to lie. One 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 thing you know because one of the things that keeps us away uh, from sin or anything wrong is the is the idea of um, you know that will be answered we will we will be answerable for it will be pun- will be punished for it. That's why you have laws in place and. You know all these different places because you know these, because you know um, you know that if you do something wrong, then you'll be you answerable for it. There are consequences straight mm. up, and that is the same thing with regards to you know the, with regards to anything in life, uh, you know, um, and and that's the only thing that which which actually defines m- morality. The belief in God would define morality. If mm. you don't have a moral compass, then then there is no way you know you can actually. Um, you know, there's then why why lying is actually bad. Mm. I think this is the question that we should ask. That because um, nowadays we're living in people people identify whatever you know they want to identify as, or they have their own definitions for you know whatever they believe in, yeah. right? Of all these different things. But but that's that's the thing. And and and, and I think moving forward, um, we will we would like our, our listeners to call us and yeah. and and uh, present to us their understanding of the topic that we're discussing today and maybe add to and I think one of the questions that you asked was how has uh, telling the truth yeah. benefited you yeah well, I want to hear I want to hear because like for me I think that there's been so many times where like you know just uh, failing to think of it at this moment in time I'm sure it will come to me but there's been situations where just telling the truth has uh, like you know worked in my favour mm-hmm. and I just think that it's just it's really, and, and you know, like, so we're going to go through quite a few different reasons why it's important to tell the truth. And, mm-hmm. and one of the first ones is the truth will always come out. 
And I think that in the age of social media at the moment, um, you know, in how, like, mm-hmm. how everything comes out, right? Like, no yeah. matter what, whether it's a politician, whether it's a celebrity, whether it's someone who has the best, like, um, you know, protection or whatever, the truth will always come out. And I think that you can sit there and you can try and you can lie till the, till the days come to, to an end. But ultimately, the truth will always come out. And I think that it's really important to um, to remember that. And, you know, like we've been taught since we were kids that the truth uh, was always the right choice. And even when it may might be hard and as adults, like we might not always reflect on the real reason why lying is the worst choice. Uh, li- lying is bad because, you know, it hurts people. It is deceptive. It creates more issues and it's actually bad for your health. And ultimately, the the common saying of the truth will always come out in the end is, is well, it's the truth, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, um, but it isn't always, well, the truth. So um, the possibility of a lie coming out can be the most challenging part. And, you know, the, the thing with that, and I think that, you know, I'm sure every listener here has experienced in some sort of way or mm-hmm. just knows the feeling of anxiety, yes. right? But, like, think about it, right? Like, if you lie, you're just going to be stressed, right? <laughs> like, you're going to be stressed. Like, oh, my God, they're going to find out. Or mm. did I cover my tracks or whatever it is. And it's like you could spend your time, like, just being so anxious that you end up, like, just driving yourself, like, uh, into a frenzy, and you know when if you just told the truth imagine right like i was so worried to tell you that like you know that um i dropped your your pencil or something right? like i don't know i'm just I, the first things that came into my head right and i was like oh and i was worried it's like real is his favorite pencil right like he's gonna be mad at me blah blah, blah right and all the things that i'm thinking whereas like i come and tell you that oh, i dropped your pencil be like yeah man i've dropped it all the time i think i'm gonna buy a new one Right, like, and you're not even bothered by it at all. Whereas yeah. if I just told you the truth, instead of sitting there worried and worried about it, or just being like getting all this anxiety. So, mm. if you know that the truth is always going to come out, and you know, I know that yes, there are some times where the truth is hidden or whatever, or people take it to the grave or whatever. Mm. But this is the thing. I think if you believe in God, you will realize that the truth will always come out because ultimately there is a being out there that knows all of your truths knows all of your lies and knows everything so there's no point there's there is going to be a time when you're going to have to answer for these lies so just answer for them now uh, through the truth and how many times i know that i've either felt this towards someone or someone's felt this towards me is that the truth has made me give them so much more respect like I just respect like if there's a salesperson or whatever or just yeah. anybody I've like dealt with, yeah. they've said to me that, you know what, I've been truthful about it. I'm gonna be completely honest with you about it. Yeah. It just makes me respect them so yeah. much more. Yeah, and, and and one of the things I was thinking about is how to answer answer that question of yours where you said, um, how has truth saved you? Yeah, yeah. You know, in your life. And I think um we can come to that later, but there's one one interesting event from the life of the founder of the Hamdi Muslim community, the Prophet Sahib, which mm. is famously known in the community as the post office lawsuit. Yes. Right? Um, and, and that is 
briefly mentioning in 1877, there was a Christian named Raliya Ram Vakil, right, uh, who filed a court case against the Prophet Messiah, which is uh, known as the you know, post office case. Now, what happened was that the Prophet Messiah had written a, you know, a book in support for the, you know, of the superiority of Islam, refuting various allegations leveled by the then, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, opponents. Uh, he mailed this manuscript to a publishing house uh, in Amritsar, uh, and at that time he didn't know that, that according to the postal regulations, it was illegal to include a letter in a package because of a cheaper postal rates for packaging. Uh, now it, it it carried a fine of five hundred rupees or imprisonment of six months. Hmm. So what happened was that, um, of course, a lawsuit was filed against uh, the Prophet Sire and. At this, you know, at this time, he he saw a dream hmm. that Raliya Ram, that person, had sent a snake, a venomous snake, but uh, he was saved, right? It didn't harm him at, at you know, at all. Hmm. Um, now, when the case came up for trial, Huzu's attorney, the person who was presenting the Prince of Sayyid, upon him, hmm. rep- representing him, uh, he, he advised him that the only way he could escape conviction was to give, uh, you know, uh, to tell the court, basically, that he did not place the letter in the package. Basically lying, yeah. right? Uh, instead, it was Raliya Ram who had placed it. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, there in, to, you know, in, in order to get him in trouble. Uh, upon hearing this, the Prince of Sayyid, upon him, rejected this advice, uh, you know, saying that the fact of the matter is that I had myself placed this letter in the package, therefore I will not deny it so as to be spared of the sentence. Yeah. Um, now, in that case, his attorney, who was whose name was Sheikh Ali, you know, he shrugged his shoulders and said, "There's no chance for you to be saved." <laughs> yeah. Right? Hazur replied, "Come what may, I will not tell a lie." Okay, yeah. and he, uh, Hazur appeared uh, in his his holiness appeared in the uh, he he appeared before the British mag- magistrate in Gurdaspur at the time without a lawyer, hmm. uh, and during the hearing, the judge inquired of the of uh, of uh, you know him if he had in fact placed a letter in the package. Hmm. And he said, "Yes, indeed, I did." Um, and therefore, uh, but he he ad- added that that I did not uh, I d- did not intend to defraud the uh, universal office. I I just didn't know about it. I told that it yeah. was an offence. So based on this, the you know the other party was overjoyed that this person has accepted yeah. that, that that you know he has confessed to his guilt, uh, and as a consequence, he'll be he'll be sentenced and he'll be punished. Uh, but this was a time that you know, uh, looking at his 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 honesty, and uh, you know, the judge was so impressed that with his truthfulness and strength of character that he gave him an honourable di- di- discharge. And he says, you know, you won't be, mm. uh, you know, you'll be, you won't be punished for it. So yeah. that's that's something you know, that something like this comes with conviction and your con- your connection with Allah. Because hey, Allah the Almighty has informed him mm. b- b- before even you know appearing in front of. Yeah. that this is a plot against you and you'll be saved yeah and you know what I really love about this story is that um, the promise of Messiah just proves that you know stick to your values no matter what the situation right like don't pick and change your values dependent on your circumstance or the, the environment that you're in I think just have a set of principles whatever they are right like and this goes to anybody I think that you know whatever religion you follow whatever whether you follow a religion or not have some sort of principles or a code 
that you you live by and stick to them in every single situation. I think mm-hmm. that you know the Prophet chose such great conviction, um, and and it's just admirable. It's like you know, imagine being advised by you know a, a professional, and that you know you're going to lose this case if you tell the truth, and still. Uh, sticking to your principles that hey I like you know it doesn't matter what happens uh, I, like there is no like I'm not worried about any sort of impact what I am worried about is uh, not sticking to my principles and um, you know the the guidance from God absolutely and I think there's one um, another as in a, another aspect that we we find in the Holy Quran is uh, with regards to those who you know whose 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 lives who whose life is at danger, right? Um, that that and 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 the greatest example that we have recently is the martyrs of Burkina Faso, was it? Yeah. Right. And that always makes me because if you really ponder over this, that the great what, something that's dearest to an individual is his life. Nothing is yeah. more dearer to an individual than his own life. And um, and in and in that instance, when you know terrorists come, you know the, there's a terrorist, uh, you know, uh, organization that came to the mosque and singled out the men, brought them outside into the courtyard, yeah. and asked them one by one to denounce their faith. Yeah. And if they had denounced their faith, if you really think about this, because I was thinking about this, imagine they they had just said that we don't believe in it but they yeah. did right and 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 this is something that is uh, mentioned in the holy quran as well and i'm i'm going to uh, you know bring that verse late, later on but every one of them one after the other right was was shot you know yeah. uh, brutally at that time died you know but they never renounced their faith and i always think of that last person Right, who sees the first, the second, the third, the fourth, yeah. and it comes to his turn to have that faith, mm. to have that iman, right? It's, yeah, because the first person, like, oh, okay, you know what, they might not do anything, right? Like, I just, I just say it or whatever, but like to have seen someone being killed in front of your eyes and to have that turn to you, mm. and to still have that conviction, like, honestly, like, now, every time I now think the verse it, that was coming to my mind, right, it's in, it's in chapter sixteen, verse hundred and seven. It says, "Whoso whoso disbelieves in Allah after he has believed, save him who is forced thereto, while his heart finds peace in the fa- in in the faith. But such as open their breast to disbelief, on them is Allah's wrath, and they shall have a severe punishment." Now, in the commentary of this verse, or if if you read up the commentary of of this verse, you will find that uh, you know that uh, the verse you know the verse. To the main theme, you know, which is that a person, you know, can at the time where his life is at danger, because Allah says, "Save him who is forced thereto, while his heart hearts find peace." Mm. Now, there was a companion of the Holy Prophet peace be upon him who was being tortured, yeah. right? And at that instance, Abu Jahl would tell him that the only way you would be saved is if you say something wrong about the Prophet, mm. right? Swear at him or whatever it was, mm. he would deny it, but he was, you know, so brutally um, punished for it, right, that he, at the end, gave in. And he said the words that Abu Jahl wanted him to say. Mm. 
and then he his his life was spared. He he came running to the Holy Prophet peace be upon him, and he said, "I have committed a huge sin." And you know he informs him, and the Prophet said uh, that Allah will forgive you because this was not the condition of your heart, but but mm. actually you were forced to say so. Now the beauty of Islam is this that you know a person is not punished for such such a thing, mm. but the level of iman of belief is not the same for every individual. Mm. A person who gives his life for what he stands for yeah. is not the same as who says, you know, who who bas- basically uh, you know has to has to lie or you know say a word that he doesn't want to say. Yeah. So there is, you know, uh, a way out for an individual, which is mentioned in the Holy Quran, mm. but that's not. The greatest of, let's say, the levels of belief yeah. of the individual. Do you understand what I'm trying to say here? Yeah, yeah. That that yeah. that that this is the the balance of this teaching is that it caters for the weakest, mm. and and you also have, you know, those who who are going to, you know, uh, you know, pr- present the best of examples for people. Yeah, no, I totally hear what you say because it's like, you know, it's not that okay, you you didn't endure. 20 hours of torture um, so then that means you're not a believer right like it's, it's, it's not saying that it's saying that look whatever the situation whatever is in your heart is the truth at the end of the day however there are people who are stronger or you know or able to I wouldn't say stronger or weaker because at the end of the day God is the only one to judge that but um, I think that there are people who can you know take on the 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 physical endurance that needed to to make sure that they stick to their principles no matter what and I think that yeah mm-hmm. um, it just shows that Islam caters for every type of individual and doesn't just like you know discriminate in any absolutely way. and I think uh, His Holiness uh, I wanted to quote him um, during during his Friday sermon um, on sixteenth of March twenty seventeen he. He said that among all the aspects of morality necessary for a believer, the most important is to remain truthful and to abstain from lying. God Almighty states in the Holy Quran, shun therefore the abomination of idols and shun the shun all words of untruth. Now having put worship of idols, he says, and lying together, God has clearly demonstrated that it is a sin paramount to idol worship. So this is a very clear and open warning for one who professes faith that if you are a believer then you must also have a high standard of truthfulness and this is something that you know it's it's wonderful because if you think about it when a person lies you know to save himself at that instant at that instance he is committing shirk because what he is actually doing is uh, through 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 his actions that what what he's portraying is that this lying would be able to save him. Hmm. As a person who believes in God, his entire belief is that whatever you know, whatever may come, yeah. Allah is my protector, yeah. and He would take care of my affairs, hmm. right? And and let me say this straight: it's not the case that that because you know that the example of that you gave right at the beginning about the companion hmm. who was told not to lie, yeah. you know, and that was one of the things that would help him, you know, um, let go all of his other sins. Yeah. Now he wasn't told that if you did, um, if you did not lie, you won't be punished. Yeah, that wasn't said to him. That's that's very important. So what we understand from that is that they, that that lying would that that lying may protect you, you know. But on a longer run, 
it would have a detrimental effect, right? It, it would have a great far, you know, greater impact on your life than any anything else, right? Whereas if you tell the truth, you might, you know, receive a consequence which is at that time not suitable or not nice, right? But that'll be temporary mm. because that would make you change your behavior mm. where you wouldn't have to tell that truth there, meaning yeah. that you wouldn't have to confess to some something yeah. which you didn't, that you shouldn't be doing at the first place, right? So this is the essence of it. Um, yeah. And I think it's not, it's, not, it's not to say that if you, if you do something wrong and you s- just tell the truth, you'll be saved for it. Hmm. I, think, I think we have to be very clear on yeah. this. Bec- although there are times where you, if your intentions were pure, Allah Ta'ala would save you, you know, from, 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 from a greater harm. You know that may I'll, come from it. I've got a question for you. You mm. know you love you love when I ask. Yeah, I you love questions. your questions. Yes, yes. Uh, so okay, so what would you say to someone who's like, you know, say, you know what? This is a white lie. You know, like someone's asked me um, if if I look nice or like, but you don't think that they look nice. What what would you think in that situation of of lying? Like, how does that kind of work? Like you know, a small lie. Mm. Or, or people. Look, the thing is, is that people like often will say to me something like, you know, okay, but it's okay. Like I don't want to hurt someone's feelings, so that's why I lied. Or like, you know, another discussion point is like, you know, you don't want to lose respect. Um, I think that's a bit different to the question that I'm asking. But mm. um, what would you what would you say? Like, you know, people like I don't know. It's a small little thing. I don't know. I mean, right. That if if I mean if 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 it's specifically with to you know related to what exactly you've said with regards mm. to if if someone says how do I look mm. right um, no it really depends who's asking you <laughs> now a random person down the road is not going to ask you for yeah, me, how yeah, do I course. look yeah, yeah. it's probably going to be your wife or someone right yeah and uh, I mean uh, what would you say <laughs> <laughs> but see this is what I mean and I think that look ultimately right like. You've got to you've got to do things in in the best of intentions, and ultimately, like you know, it's I don't know. I think it's a tricky one. It is a trick. It, yeah. it, it is a trick. But I I think if someone asks you how do I look, fun, fundamentally, um, you know, you can just answer having that intention that that the person obviously got ready, right? Yeah. <laughs> put in put in a lot of effort. Yeah. And so I, you like, you, you like, like, I like your effort yeah, that you put in. Yeah, the effort that you put in. So I think yeah. one of the things is, is how, you f- how you phrase and how you say mm. something. Because I, I, this reminds me of an incident, and, I, and, and that, that, that's where there is, a, there is a slight difference of lying, on, on, you mm. know, that there was a, an individual um, who, who was going to be arrested. So, you know, the authorities came to arrest him in, mm. in, a, in a mosque. They called out his name and they mm. said, um, have you seen him? Mm. So he was sitting at a place. He moved, let's say, you know, a few meters away, and he said, "Yeah, he was, th- I, I, you know, he was there, uh, you know, uh, half an hour ago, mm. because he's he's he he's been then he's he had been in the mosque for about an hour or whatever, mm. right? Um, now, would you say he lied, or would you say he was smart? Exactly. So he said mm. he didn't. He 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 said so. So th- th- there are times where. Where you you know you 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 know, you, you, have, you may have to say you have to be smart, hmm. you know in in what you say because truth truth you know being truthful doesn't mean everything has to be said. Yes, yeah, I think this, thing, this is the yeah. fine line. Yeah, 
I think truthful, being truthful. Uh, you know, a lot of people say this thing. This thing that oh, I'm, I'm truthful. I say it to the face. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I had this false notion when I was young as yeah, well. Yeah. Well, oh, I'll just say it to the face. Yeah. And and his, you know, Khalifa Rabe, who who's the fourth caliph of the Muslim community, he said that's the most, you know, that's the. It's an ignorant way to. Yeah, that's the it. most ignorant way mm. of 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 you know looking at it because that's the easiest thing to do. Mm. Who, who who wouldn't do that? The hardest yeah. thing to do is to control mm. your words and and be be mindful of what you're going to say, yeah. what you're going to utter, right? And and this is why I think it's it's wrong that when you know when people say, "Oh, I'll say it to the face," mm. right? Now the Holy Prophet peace be upon him has also told us when he said to be truthful, he's also told us that 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 if you don't have anything nice to say, stay mm. silent. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So, so the, the, the Islamic teachings, they have to be, they have to be practiced collectively. They have to be looked collectively. You can't isolate mm -hmm. a single, you know, yeah. um, commandment. The, the other thing I was thinking about, um, with pondering over this question I asked you, um, was you've also got to think about uh, the guidance of Islam or, or the purpose of our lives. Right, is to worship Allah and to serve humanity. And I think that. You know, showing kindness and empathy to other human beings is always going to be a great thing. Mm -hmm, and um, yeah, so like I think there's um, other reasons, right? Like to to always tell the truth and why it's important. And um, you know, I think that some people say that hey, they don't want to lose respect. Mm -hmm. um, you know, some lies are going to be bigger than others. When a friend asks, do I look fat in this dress? Uh, you might lie a bit because you don't want to hurt their feelings. But um, when someone asks, can you help me move this weekend? You might say you're busy with something um, rather than mm -hmm. um, avoid uh, the extra labor. Mm -hmm. But when considering um, bigger lies that might end up hurting someone else in the process, you'll really want to sit back and think back uh, carefully about before telling a lie. So another reason... Um, that people think that um, you should lie or, or they lie um, that we wanted to discuss was it will help everyone grow. Um, the thing is, is that lying can make just make things worse. It can destroy trust in a relationship and ruin the bond that two people have managed to create. Telling the truth is important because it will help everybody grow. When you learn how to properly express your feelings and share those with other people, it creates a closer connection. Perhaps you decide to lie to your significant other and tell them that you're not upset after you've had a fight. Mm. Maybe you're still harboring some resentment, but you don't feel like talking about it uh, or getting into an argument, so you just tell them that it's all good for now. Unfortunately, this actually cause, just causes that to fester inside of you and your significant other isn't going to be reflecting on this issue anymore. They've moved on now and because that they think you're fine. The issue might come up again and you have to go through this experience all over. If you had told the truth from the start, it were it could have helped show the significant other your perspective giving them the opportunity to grow from it. See, I think I think that um this is a really good point because um it's like if you if you asked me, like, oh, uh, theme, do you mind, uh, you know, I, I did that thing or whatever. Um, and I said, yeah, it's fine. Because I was just like, you know, can't be bothered to get into it or I can't, I don't want to explain it to you or whatever. And then it happens again. It's not your fault, right? You doing that again. 
because you don't know any better, right? You gave me the opportunity to express myself. Yeah. I chose not to. So it's only going to fester with me. And this is the thing I think people don't realize is that if you constantly don't express that, you'll it'll just build up inside you and then you'll explode. And then I'll be like, real, why can't you ever do blah, 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 blah? Mm. Or is it like it would just be like some uh, thing. So I think that that's a really good point that it helps sometimes like telling the truth can really help uh, everyone grow and in reality we need to confront that issue so that we can uh, so that you can share it with the other person and come to a healthier conclusion in the end rather than just saying i'm fine when you're actually suffering you could talk things out and get to a place where both of you can grow the issue that many people have is that they don't know how to effectively communicate with others in order to properly share your feelings and discuss the truth in a way that won't cause an explosive issue you have mm-hmm. to check in with how you are sharing your words. I think, yeah, I think delivery is always really important when it comes to communication. I think that you, it's really important to um, make sure that we discuss and communicate in the best way and be conscious of the other person's feelings. Absolutely. Um, and with that, we're going to our guest and our esteemed guest will be speaking to uh, Imam uh, Rabbi Mir Mirza Sahib, uh, who is a missionary of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community serving in the UK. Assalamu alaikum, may peace and blessings of God be upon you, and welcome to the Drive Time Show. Wa alaikum assalam, peace be upon you and all of the listeners, and Jazakallah for having me once again. Thank you so much for joining us. So, we're discussing uh, truth being a powerful force, we're discussing what religion has to say, we're discussing um, you know how it defines us as as you know individuals living in this world today. Um, what does Islam, you know, from the perspective of being an Imam, what does Islam emphasize? Why does Islam emphasize, I should say, on actually telling the truth? Well, Islam has laid great emphasis on telling the truth, and it's actually gone to this extent where it is mentioned telling the truth and eschewing and abstaining from idolatry in one Quranic verse. And in actuality, the holy founder of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, he's inferred a very deep and profound point that's been mentioned in this Quranic verse. He has stated that if one was to ponder as to why telling the truth or abstaining from falsehood and abstaining from idolatry have been mentioned together and in this single verse this actually showcases that falsehood or not telling the truth is a form of idolatry because a person thinks that through falsehood or believing in falsehood or uttering falsehood he will somewhat become successful in life which is idolatry that he's basically judging his entirety of his success or one matter or the other on falsehood. So that's why Islam has laid great emphasis upon truthfulness and the Holy Quran has even mentioned this clause which is quite common or commonly said amongst the Muslims which is Ulu Qawlan Sidida that say something which is completely correct. And qawl sadid or qawl sadida basically means a word 
where there's no implications that it has any form of falsehood that can be attributed towards it. And that's why this verse as well is recited in the matrimonial ceremonies of the Muslims, the nikah ceremony. And it's also there to remind both the husband and wife that to have a successful married life, one should always ensure that they stick to qawli sadeed or the correct and firm and truthful matter. So these are just a few examples about how Islam has laid great emphasis in telling the truth. Right. And, um, you know, some of the Western scholars and philosophers out there um, claim that it is not possible to tell the truth at all times. Um could you please tell us uh, what does Islam say about this? Well, this is also uh, a, a very interesting question. The fact of the matter is, again, it would be difficult for Western scholars and philosophers to say that it's hard to tell the truth at all times because there's no consciousness of a living and all-powerful God. Hmm or they do not hold this concept that there is an all-knowing and all-powerful God. This phrase that has been concocted that, well, you you shouldn't tell a lie, but it's all right to tell a white lie. Well, whether it's a white lie, a blue lie, a yellow lie, whatever color, color lie you want to try to um, attribute this lie to, or you're trying to um, exhibit that this form of lying is somewhat correct and acceptable, Islam has done away with all these things. And the reason for that is that if a person tells even a minor lie, or a white lie as they call it, then this emboldens the person to go on telling falsehood and also telling lies. So Islam has mentioned that even in the most minor and maybe trivial matters, they may seem insignificant, one should tell the truth. Even, for example, the Holy Quran has gone to this degree, that if, for example, your relatives have committed something in excess, they've committed something wrongful, then you should bear testimony against them. This is also part of, of telling the truth as well. So the standard of telling the truth that Islam has made or set is something that is extremely powerful and even the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, has mentioned that truthfulness, it leads a person to heaven, whereas falsehood leads a person into the depth of hell. So these Western scholars and philosophers that claim that it's not possible to tell the truth all the time. Well, this is the reason why there is so much problem within society. And, you know, people are accustomed to telling a lie to, as they say, wiggle out or, you know, come out of, of any sort of problem or issues. Just one simple example of, of telling the truth I'll put before our listeners the holy founder of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community. Now, during um, his time, uh, he wrote uh, an article 
And um, in that article, he put um, a letter in when he sent it to the editor or the publisher at that time. So he also included a letter within that article. Now, it was against the law of that time to do such a thing under the British Raj, and it was actually considered uh, a criminal offence, which if a person um, was caught committing, then he could be penalised for so many um, you know, rupees or... He can also, or he could also be sent to jail. So, when the editor um, was a Hindu, when he found out that the uh, the, the Promised Messiah uh, Mirza Ghulam Ahmed had done this, so obviously then he, <clears throat> you know, he took him to court that uh, you know he has committed this crime. But Mirza Ghulam Ahmed, when he was told by you know his his lawyer if you were to say that uh, you know we cannot win this case unless you tell falsehood you know tell them that this is not the case but told um his lawyer that whatever the case is i'm going to tell the truth whatever happens to me i'm not worried about that the truth is the most important thing so when he went uh, to court and the matter was presented before the judge, then obviously he explained his position, and just based upon the truth, he was, uh, you know, acquitted. So, just a very simple example, that not caring about the consequences of what could possibly have happened to him, but rather his, um, you know, mission and his objective and purpose was that the truth Truth should always be at the forefront, and the reason for this was because Islam and the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, have advocated and endorsed for the truth to be told at all times. Whether you suffer a loss, whatever happens to you, the truth is something that one should always tell. And even, I'll even go to this degree, where in schools we're taught the story of the boy who cried wolf. What's the purpose of telling children that story if, you know, uh, on, on a societal basis, falsehood or these white lies are, you know, uh, we, we green light um, white lies. The fact of the matter is the reason why we're told this story is to uh, inculcate this habit within our children that they should always tell the truth in all circumstances. Right, and um, no, they're great examples as well. And so, could you share some incidents from the life of the Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, uh, that highlight, you know, the significance of truthfulness? There's one incident that I'll, I'll present, and it actually shows how, um, you know, the how telling the truth has a domino effect in acquitting a person from the bondage of sin. Now, during the time of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, there was a companion, and uh, he said to the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, that, you know, I'm, I'm committing an excess in sin. You know, I, I, I sin in this manner, I, I, I sin in this manner, I sin in this manner, I sin in this manner. 
the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, gave him one advice. He said, whatever you do, whenever you come to meet me, you just, you tell the truth. So a few days later, when that person was going to commit one of those sins, it clicked in his mind that, you know, if I were to commit this and the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, were to ask me whether I had committed this sin or not, then how am I going to face him? So just the fact of the Holy Prophet giving him this guidance, this word of advice to tell the truth, this actually enabled him to finally set himself free from all types of sins. So this actually shows the power of truthfulness. That if a person is, you know, committing a sin and a per, the, the, the prophet, the apostle of God, the messenger of Allah is saying to him that whatever you do, whenever you meet me, you tell the truth. And this becomes a source for him to free himself from the bondage of sin. Then the, um, the fact that truthfulness should be told shows how paramount it is to also safeguard ourselves from not only spiritual ailments, but physical ailments as well. So this also highlights the significance of, of truthfulness, this one incident. Right, and you know, most children, you know, they find that they do not tell the truth because they're worried or scared about their parents' reaction. Um, is there some advice that you could give um, parents, actually, to, to help them change this mindset within their children? You see, of course, obviously it's, it's, it's natural um, that when, when a person does commit, I mean, it's not, it's not only the, the matter of, of a child, even an adult, when, when a person does commit something wrong, they are always afraid of, of what the reactions of their superiors or their parents or their siblings or their spouses is going to be. So the fact of the matter is that, uh, again, if the parents actually inculcate this beautiful teaching of telling the truth within the mindset within the minds of their children from a very young age then it becomes easy otherwise it becomes very difficult to mold and shape a person when they have become quite rigid in their habits um, like for example we know that incident where there was this uh, this thief and uh, when he was caught um, they asked him that would you like to say anything to anybody before you're put to death he said yes call my mum uh, you know I would like to to kiss her upon upon her cheeks and as his mum came closer he bit her ear and he bit it so hard that he actually bit her ear off and when the people around him said that you know why have you done this he said that when I was young in school I would steal pencils and pens from my classmates and other pupils and she never stopped me then and now that I'm going to be put to death I wanted to remind her that had she done that had she stopped me then I would not be in this place so what I mean to say or infer from this incident is that if parents from 
you know, a young age, inculcate this within their children before they develop certain habits, then this would prove to be um, quite beneficial. For example, and the current worldwide head of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, when someone asked him that, could you, uh, you relate uh, any um, words of advice that um, your beloved mother gave you? He said, my mother told me one thing, two things. One thing is to offer the five daily prayers, and the other thing is to tell the truth. And again, this actually shows how important it is to tell the truth, because um, if this habit is not developed within the children from you know a young age, then it will become very difficult for them to develop, develop it later on. So again, parents, they should do the more training of their children in a very loving, uh, you know, in a very loving and compassionate manner, and they should tell them the advantages of of telling the truth, and then hopefully, this will also be a means for the children that if they do commit any mistake, they can come to their their parents as well. So the the bond between the parents and the children should be that of 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 two you know good friends as well. Of course, that respect should be there from both sides, but they should have that friendship, uh, that relationship of friendship so that they can discuss anything out in the open with one another. Wonderful. Jazakallah. Thank you so much, Imam uh, Rabi Mirza Saib. Uh, thank you so much for giving us the Islamic insight into this important topic uh, that we're discussing today. Assalamu alaikum wa barakatuh. Zero two zero eight six eight seven seven eight seven eight is the number to call if you would like to add anything to the topic that we are discussing today. We are coming to the end of the program. We only have mm. about a minute or so, uh, so we've covered a lot. I mean, yeah. the 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 importance of uh, telling the truth and how it defines us as as individuals and and no matter what we say, you know, whether there's a white lie or you know something that's not going to be impactful. The reality is. Um, it will build your character, and it will, it, it will turn you into that person mm. who would always look for, you know, uh, an opportunity to lie. Yeah, right. It, it will become part of your character. I think that's why it's very important. Yeah, I think we, with with, with any bad habit, it's usually addictive, right? And mm-hmm. that's the thing. You'll think that oh, I got away with it, or then you'll just start to think oh, okay, I can get away with it, everything, and then you know, start to just like kind of uh, snowball into. Yeah, uh, something quite large, right? Absolutely. So, in both, you know, religious and secular contexts, honesty is regarded as a fundamental virtue that contributes to personal well-being, positive relationships, social harmony, and the overall betterment of society. Uh, the recognition of honesty is, you know, as a universal value, underscores its 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 uh, significance beyond any specific, you know, belief system, as it serves, you know, as a guiding principle uh, for ethical conduct and interpersonal. Uh, in- interactions. So with that, we we'll, we're coming to the uh, end of the program. We if you missed, to, we need to thank our of course, uh, producers, uh, our producers, Hadia Hasib, uh, Zille Humma, and Salman Ahmed Kamer. And thank you to all of the tech team that makes this possible, and everyone involved here at Voice of Islam. Uh, thank you, and that's all from the Drive Time Show. Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh.